This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. Great to be with you today. Are we having World War III today? I keep seeing this trending online. There's a lot of intense discussion right now. Uh, What's that? No, no, I'm not talking about Trump and DeSantis. I am talking about Russia who allegedly, inadvertently, bombed Poland today. CNBC, this is Scott Furrow. Tell me what is going on. Scott, Polish officials say their president, Duda, is speaking to President Biden on the phone. Polish officials say they are assessing whether they need to consult with other countries under Article 4 of its treaty with NATO. And Poland confirms it is ramping up its military readiness. A government spokesperson said after top leaders just finished an emergency meeting, they say... Two Polish citizens died in an explosion. NBC News still cannot confirm reports by the Associated Press that two Russian missiles landed in Poland, killing two people. A senior administration official says something hit Poland, but it's unclear what it was or whether it was indeed a Russian weapon. The State Department calls the reports incredibly concerning and says right now they are being investigated. It is an incredibly uh, troubling development that's going on. Russian war in Ukraine spilled over into Poland today, probably accidentally. Uh, But NATO, North Atlantic Treaty Organization, you've heard of that before, is having a meeting because of it, because they have to, according to their charter. And what I'm going to tell you is what you need to know about this. I want to know, does it worry you? Do you think about this? This is kind of on the back burner. We hardly ever talk about it. We've been talking about the election and other things going on here, but this is a pretty serious thing. You can join our conversation by giving me a call at 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557, if you want to share your thoughts about this. You can also send me an email, SoCalLive at KKLA.com. I think it's important for us to understand some of the things that are going on here and why it does matter. It matters a lot, I think, because if this war does spill outside of the border there of Ukraine then it is going to affect us. It's going to affect our armed services. It's going to affect our budget. It's going to affect a lot of our lives in in all sorts of different ways. Now, I'm not actually worried about this turning into World War III right now. I'm really not. It's probably a accident. You know, Russia fired you know 85 missiles apparently into Ukraine again last night, and a couple of them got sent into Poland, which is just right over the border. And uh, but it did kill two people in Poland and it is raising a lot of uh, question and there will probably be a meeting. I would be more worried, frankly, if about war for us, if uh, Ukrainian missiles or weaponry of some kind went into Russia, actual uh, Russia. And I'd be especially worried if those missiles had an American flag on the side of them uh, because they got them from us or something. NATO has been in the news for a while. Big question has been, should Ukraine be allowed to join? And so far, the answer to that is no. But a big story is Finland and Sweden, who have been reluctant to join NATO all this time since the end of World War II, have now applied to join NATO. And, you know, if you're thinking, gosh, you know, NATO seems like it's ancient, it's irrelevant, is it needed, it's it's an old-fashioned institution, a relic of the past, it was headed that direction for sure, but not anymore. Now it's something that is been dusted off and uh, people are taking a look at it. I think it's important for us to understand what's happening. And I think there is something in here we can learn, too, about 
things that are actually going on in the world that sometimes we don't pay attention to because they don't seem to affect us that can all of a sudden affect us. And this is one of them. NATO has the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, of course. It was developed after World War II, European nations and the United States. And it has different articles. There are 14 articles in the charter, in the treaty that we are a part of. Article 4 and 5, if you're curious about this kind of thing, are the things that uh, people are looking at today. It says, Article 4 says the parties, uh, people who are members of NATO basically, will consult together whenever, in the opinion of any of them, the territorial integrity, political independence, or security of any of the parties is threatened. And that's because of Article 5. This is the big deal for, for NATO and why it's a big deal for us in this treaty. The parties agree that an armed attack against one or more of these parties in Europe or North America shall be considered an attack against them all. And consequently, they agree that if such an armed attack occurs, that the parties will assist the party or parties so attacked this language, you know, but it will assist all the countries that are a part of it. And they'll do whatever action seems necessary, including the use of armed force. And that's the agreement. So the the basic idea is with NATO, and you probably know this, but the idea is that if one nation who's a part of NATO is attacked by some other nation, then it's an attack against us all. NATO has been a little bit shaky on these kinds of things, especially whenever the United States has been attacked. But this is a pretty big deal. The reason that NATO exists is because of the threat of the Soviet Union, which is now Russia. And I don't think there's really that much of a difference. Different name, you know, different uh, flag some different colors, but uh, they seem to be acting the same. In a minute, I'll even show you a little bit more of of why that is. I think this there's something here for us to think about. I think that there is something, number one, something for us to know. You might have conversations with your your neighbors, the people in your relational world about it, and this will help you have that conversation. So that's part of what this is. And I think it matters, too. If you are particularly the Christian at your office or at your school or wherever you are, if you can be better informed and speak intelligently about something, that that definitely helps your testimony, which in the back of your mind, I hope that's part of the reason that you want to learn stuff and uh, be a part of things. Uh, NATO uh, is this, the parties to the treaty, it says, the preamble says, it's only 14 uh, articles. You can read the whole thing of NATO very quickly. The parties to this treaty reaffirm their faith in the purposes and principles of the Charter of the United Nations. They kind of ignore the United Nations now <laughs> a lot more because uh, the U.N. – this is 1949. I think this was written or 48. And uh, back then there was a lot more hope for the United Nations as far as an organization that would really be effective. Uh, a lot of people today appreciate the United Nations. Most of the nations do. But its effectiveness when it comes to Um, really creating peace is definitely at least questionable in the minds of a lot of people, including NATO nations. Um, They are determined, NATO nations are determined to safeguard the freedom, common heritage, and civilization of their peoples, founded on the principles of democracy, individual liberty, and the rule of law. They seek to promote stability and well-being in the North Atlantic area. And so they are resolved to unite their efforts for collective defense. That's a big part for us because we bear the brunt of it. Because the United States pays a whole lot more for what is going on, which has been an issue recently. If you go through it and you read it, Article 1 is about settling things peacefully. If there's a way to do it peacefully, then do that. You know, I don't think that NATO is going to conclude that Russia is deliberately attacking Poland. They're not going to say that today. Um, They are going to have to meet because uh, Articles 3 and 4 and 5 say that. 
Um, but they're probably going to say, we got to do something, but we're not going to war. There's a peaceful thing. You know, they're going to say to Russia, don't do that again. Article two is about strengthening institutions in each one of our, our countries. That one, I think, is very interesting because that's not happening. Is the institution of government in the United States and in Europe, is it stronger or weaker? Maybe some people have a different answer than that. Article three, in order to more effectively achieve these objectives, uh, and this is the one I think that really matters for us right now, and I want to talk about it. The parties separately and jointly by means of continuous and effective self-help and mutual aid will maintain and develop their individual and collective capacity to resist armed attack. Basically, it's that every individual country needs to pull their weight. They need to put in their their money, which is supposed to be 2% of the gross uh, domestic product, GDP. And uh, they need to also have their own armies and their own uh, defense. And this has been a gripe of the U.S. for a long time, that the United States is carrying a lot of the burden that was necessary at the beginning of NATO, for sure, after World War II and much of Europe was leveled. Uh, We had to do that. And it was necessary for us to do that. And it was very clear throughout history that we had a new enemy, and it was the Soviet Union. But 50 years later, 70 years later, actually, we're still carrying a lot of that burden. And if we go to war because of Ukraine, we're going to carry the burden, likely, in dollars, equipment, and in blood. Okay. And this is why I think this this matters to us to pay attention. We have been, as a country which isn't necessarily bad because we want to keep the peace. But over time, shouldn't we hold other countries accountable? Um, The last three presidents, not Biden, I'm not sure about President Biden. He's probably on this page. But uh, Trump and Obama and Bush all complained to NATO about the role that the United States is playing. You may not realize that this has been going on for a long time. It goes all the way back to Nixon. Nixon was the first to complain heavily about The fact that the NATO nations, by the time President Nixon uh, became President Nixon, um, we're talking about 22 years after the beginning of the charter. Most of the European nations were rebuilt, uh, the Western European nations anyway, and doing pretty well. And uh, Mr. Nixon was like, hey, maybe you guys ought to start footing some of the bill. And uh, that didn't happen. Famously, President Trump uh, confronted in a very – in a – in a conversation that people found to be very awkward at the time. Do you remember this when this happened? This is Donald Trump, and he's having a conversation with the um, the leader of NATO. And it's around this table, and uh, on the right side of the table are all of it's President Trump and uh, his people, people from the United States. On the left side of the table are representatives from all the other countries in NATO. And this is what President Trump had to say. Well, I have to say, I think uh, it's very sad when Germany makes a massive oil and gas deal with Russia where you're supposed to be guarding against Russia and Germany goes out and pays billions and billions of dollars a year to Russia. So we're protecting Germany, we're protecting France, we're protecting all of these countries. And then numerous of the countries go out and make a pipeline deal with Russia where they're paying billions of dollars into the coffers of Russia. So we're supposed to protect you against Russia, but they're paying billions of dollars to Russia. And I think that's very inappropriate. And the former chancellor of Germany is the head of the pipeline company that's supplying the gas. There are things that President Trump says in there that are uh, shockingly relevant today. Back then, 
if you go back and you take a look at even what the world media had to say, they didn't like Trump's approach, which is what was pretty typical. But they had to agree that what President Trump was saying was true, that the United States is bearing an awful lot of the burden and the European countries are bearing a lot less of the burden that they were supposed to be uh, taking on. And other presidents have agreed. This is President Obama. President Obama said, if we've got a collective defense, it means that everybody's got to chip in. And I've had some concerns about a diminished level of defense spending among some of our partners in NATO. See, I think this is a relevant thing. And President Obama was right to say that. He went on to say the situation in Ukraine, and he's talking about the Russian invasion of Crimea, which we allowed to happen and didn't do anything in response to that which probably is what opened the door to this war that we're having now, because that's what happens. It happens throughout all of history with tyrants. Uh, You know, if the saying used to be, um, if you give a mouse a cookie, he's going to want a glass of milk. But if you let him have it, then they're going to want more. And uh, that that is a historical rule for people who are invading other countries and being a tyrant. President Obama said the situation in Ukraine reminds us that our freedom isn't free and we've got to be willing to pay for the assets, the personnel, the training that's required to make sure that we have a credible NATO force and an effective deterrent force. Uh, He's right about that, but we really didn't do anything. But he was complaining um, more seriously privately to NATO, who was paying less than the 2%. See, it matters because... You know, we often hear about the social programs and some of these European nations and the different things that they're able to do. Part of the reason that they're able to afford this is because we're paying for the defense. Because they're not building up the armies that they need. And you know what's happening and what President Trump's, you know, his statements about uh, Germany and the pipeline, which he made at the UN and elsewhere, they laughed at those things back at the time. But there was a mistake going on. The mistake was is that there are evil intentions that we should not be ignoring, that we should not be brushing off, that we should realize are the reality. And when we're making compromise with those who would do us harm, one day it's going to catch up to us. And if we don't take it seriously, if we don't take threats to freedom seriously, those threats are going to be exploited. Six years earlier from President Obama, President Bush, at his last NATO summit, He called on NATO members to increase, quote, increase their defense investments and to support both the NATO and the EU operations, saying that America believes if Europeans invest in their own defense, they will also get stronger and more capable when we deploy together. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, 888-528-2557. If you want to join the conversation, we're talking about the Uh, war in Ukraine that spilled over into Poland accidentally today, but uh, missiles apparently, or bombs of some kind, went into Poland and killed a couple of people on the ground, and uh, there's a pretty big hole in the ground. And so NATO is having a meeting. And I don't think we're about to go to war. There's a lot of stuff online and people talking about maybe going to war. Uh, I don't think that's happening, but the danger of what's happening in Ukraine for the whole world is that it would overflow into other countries And with the NATO agreements that we have, if it does, then we do go to war. And a problem for us is that that's going to cost us because we are still by far putting more into NATO. We pay over 22% of all the expenses and we will take most of the burden. See, I think that matters. To me, I'm a dad, you know, two boys, they're 10 and 13, probably not going to war this time around. But in five years, 10 years, they very well might be. 
And if that's something that happens, I'm going to support them, be proud of them, you know, for defending the country and, and this and that. But there's a lot of you right now who are signed up for war or you are in the military and maybe you got there because you want the GI Bill or you are doing it because it's something that will help you get an education, promote your career, lots of reasons to go. But as one person used to famously say on the radio all the time, his name was Rush something, he used to say that the purpose of the military, don't forget, is to kill people and break things. And that is important. Um, I think it's important that we realize that this matters, what's happening. I think we shouldn't worry about it, but we should not be in such a place where we feel like um, what's happening in Ukraine does not matter. What I also found interesting is I looked back because I knew, you know, I'm a history guy, and I knew that President Nixon had made a big deal of the fact that NATO was not paying their fair share. And we're talking about 50 years ago. And even uh, as Nixon was running for office in 1968, he sent an emissary to NATO to ask him how it's going. And I found this very, very interesting, considering where we're at as a country today, the divisions that we have, the things that we're battling, and what was happening back then with Europe. By then, 20 years into the existence of NATO, people were saying often the same things that we say now. It's old, it's irrelevant, it is, you know, not really, it's unfair to the Americans. All of that was probably true. But I found this interesting. It says, America's voice in Europe, once so strong and respected, is, this is uh, President Nixon in 1968, not yet President Nixon. America's voice in Europe, once so strong and so respected, is, in his words, uh, meaning the emissary that he sent in, now muffled in confusion if it is listened to at all. Why is this, Nixon says. He said, there are many reasons. Vietnam is one. He said, but even more, and this is what I found interesting, even more, and we're talking about 50 years ago, even more, the Europeans were appalled at what they daily saw happening in America. The violence, the lawlessness, the prejudice, the hate, the disenchantment of our youth, the decline of our dollar, the loss of credibility by our national leadership. These, he said, leave our friends in Europe bewildered and disappointed. They expect the leader of the free world to do better. And I thought, that's amazing. The 50 years ago, you could basically say that today. The dollar's a little stronger right now, uh, maybe, than it was then. Europe's having some problems there. And you certainly, I would say that, you know, on the moral side of things, I'm not sure that Europe is a lot better than us, although they seem to be making some decisions a little bit better. Um, but this is something that I think is still true. They, the Europeans, and this is what Nixon had to say, they expect us to set standards, and when we fail their expectations, we lose their attention and their respect. And Nixon said that if we are to restore the effectiveness of our leadership, we have to restore the credibility of our leadership. If we are to be trusted to maintain peace abroad, we have to show that we can maintain peace at home. If our example is to be followed rather than spurned, it has to be an example of what other nations seek to be, not what they seek to avoid. And here's something I found just historically interesting. You ever hear the phrase, you know, history repeats itself? It, uh, it does, in a sense. So some people think, oh, well, it's not exactly the same, it rhymes. Nixon is saying this stuff because NATO was seeming to be uh, irrelevant, no longer necessary. They weren't paying their bills. All the same things that our last three presidents, probably Biden says the same thing, um, that we're saying now. But all of a sudden, NATO's in the news today because of this invasion of Ukraine. You know why NATO survived at the end of the 1960s and the 1970s? It's because the Russians invaded Czechoslovakia. 
And as soon as they did that, it reminded Europe and the United States of the real threat. And here's a point that I want to make with this. There's a tendency for us as a nation, but I think also as a people, and even for Christians, to forget that there is a real enemy out there. And there is an enemy of our people. There's an enemy out there whose purpose is to deceive. Now, we have a lot of trust problems with our own government, and we've got trust problems in our systems and a lot of problems with our institutions as a country. The polls suggest today that our own institutions, something that NATO was was made to help bolster, it's not working, that our institutions aren't very well trusted. But we should keep in mind that there are still enemies of our country out there who are there to deceive. I believe that's what Putin is is doing. And that's why this is such a danger. And when you think about it this way, as Christians, do we sometimes get it wrong who the enemy is? As we get past this election, as we have some controversy, as there's different things going on in our culture, have we forgotten that the enemy is not flesh and blood, not people who disagree with us or who hate us, but instead the enemy is the evil one? I think sometimes we have, in the same way that maybe as a nation we've forgotten that there are people out there, countries out there, who would wish to do us harm. And we want to blow that off. What we want to say is, no, they're not really going to do that. You know, really is, are we going to end up with war with Russia or China or some country out there? You know, we we blew off the terrorists for a long time. It's been 20 years. We've had a few terrorist attacks since 9-11, but nothing huge. Um, Be certain that there are those out there who want to create great harm. And spiritually speaking, as Christians, here's the question I want to ask. Have we forgotten about the enemy? Have we forgotten about what the devil wants to do? Have we misinterpreted or reinterpreted what is happening in this world because it makes us more comfortable and we don't have to think about the hard things like spiritual battle? Well, I'll talk about that in a minute. Here's a question for you. What does the devil look like? And how are we being deceived today? You have some thoughts about it? You can give me a call, 888-528-2557. You can join our conversation right now, 888-528-2557. When we get back, I'll share with you more about this and what I think we need to be doing about it. And I think there's something positive here for us to do, to be very sober-minded about the world we live in, the battle that we have that's for real, not just for the United States and the world, but for us as believers as the representatives of the kingdom of God. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. I'll be back as the Tuesday edition continues. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Text Scott right now in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. As we rebuild the unrivaled might of the American military, we are also revitalizing our alliances by making it very clear that all of our partners are expected to pay their fair share of the tremendous defense burden which the United States has borne in the past. At the center of our vision. That was President, former President Trump speaking at the U.N., and we were talking about what is going on in the news today with missiles that apparently were fired from Russia, landed in Poland, and killed a couple of people. And uh, NATO is going to have a meeting about that. Poland is a NATO 
nation, and the NATO charter says that if one country is attacked, then it's considered to be an attack on all of us. Now, I don't think that this is going to be World War III. I've been seeing that everywhere. and uh, But I think it's a serious thing. And this, this war in Ukraine that we don't talk about much, I think it's, you know, we hear about in the news, it's kind of in the back burner. Um, it's actually a very serious threat to the beginning of war because sometimes wars do spill over over borders. And sometimes, you know, how many accidents, how many accidental missiles have to land in Poland before people decide, I think, uh, Vladimir, you're doing that on purpose? Or what happens when a Ukrainian missile lands in Russia and Putin thinks it's on purpose or he knows it's not on purpose, but he deliberately decides to call it an escalation and he decides to go to war. Then we're all at war. So it's a serious thing. That was President Trump talking about European nations not paying the bills and they're not. And uh, they're doing better. Uh, President uh, Obama and Bush and Trump uh, spoke out about that. Trump very forcefully and got a lot of attention because of his, his methods of doing that. But what he was saying was true. What's happening in Poland is something for us to to think about. Before the break, I'm Scott Furrow, by the way. You can call us up and share your thoughts. Join the conversation, 888-528-2557. Before the break, we were talking about how sometimes, you know, this is a serious danger to all of us. It is something that will affect all of our lives if we end up in some kind of war, and yet this is on the back burner. I think that a lot of us think it won't happen. I don't really think that this is going to lead to World War II. But I think that one of the reasons that we need to be praying for the president and praying for all those in charge, and one of the reasons the Bible tells us to do that, is because they need to make really good decisions about this. They need to make really good decisions in how they handle this diplomatically, militarily. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a fine line that we're walking here, sending uh, Ukraine a whole bunch of money and weapons that we're doing and the European countries are doing. You know, it's... Um, at what point is it? does it go to such an extent that Vladimir Putin says, hey, this is a proxy war, and actually I am fighting against you, and then turns it into a hut war? See, that's a, it's a very interesting diplomatic thing. But where I'm getting at here is that often we forget that even the, the devil himself has got plans against us, plans to do terrible things. You know, Poland, by the way, is consistently among the one of the strongest Ukraine supporters as it's a border nation, a NATO nation. And one of the things that they're doing is they've hosting they're hosting millions of Ukrainian refugees. And um, the churches in Poland are hosting these refugees. Uh, lots of kids. Sometimes dad often in fact dad stays to fight, sometimes mom stays to fight. That's been going on. My wife was watching this documentary. You know who Nicholas Winton is? He's a guy who, in the beginning of World War II, saved almost 700 kids from uh, Czechoslovakia, from the Germans. They were all orphaned as their parents went off to war or were captured uh, as Hitler went in there. And uh, after he rescued all these kids, he, he placed them with families across Europe and in in England primarily. And then he went back to work and never really mentioned it. He got married. He never mentioned it to his wife, but he did keep a scrapbook that she found in an attic or something of what happened. And she turned it over to some reporter who looked up all these people. Maybe you've seen this video. There's a famous video, a viral video that's been going around online for a long time of these this old man who is being honored for saving all these kids. And then it turns out that almost everybody in the audience is these adult kids whose life he saved when they were little kids. It's very emotional. My wife was very moved at this person's um, personal sacrifice and risk for all of these kids. 
you know, this is part of the evil of war. And part of our conversation was, hey, we uh, are seeing this happen right now, that there are all kinds of orphans and kids who's lost their parents because of this war. They're going to have to be adopted. This is something that there are heroes right now doing the same thing. The church is a big part of this. See, there's always a, there's a human element to a lot of these things that I think as believers we've got to get We've got to go a lot deeper with. 888-528-2557. Josiah in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, how's it going? Good. How are you doing, Josiah? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. What, so go I ahead. Was just, I, well, I was, I'm listening to what you're talking about. and um, So I, I, I work closely with one of our outreach facilities out here in L.A. It's kind of like the Union Rescue Mission. Yeah. Um, and we've had a lot of these guys come into town from Russia. You know, they're basically, I asked them, I was like, hey, all of you guys are Russian. What are you guys doing here? They're like, well, you know, Putin's making us all fight. Like refugees from Russia, people who've left Russia. Okay. Exactly. So they're like, they're trying not to fight. And so they're, they all met here. They all came here separately and they all met here and they're staying really close to where I'm at. And I feel bad because as an American, my first thought was, dude, we got all these people coming into the country. Like this is this is dangerous. Mm. But then as a believer, right, I'm sitting here thinking, like, okay, should I be really so worried about gearing up for war, or should I be more concerned about telling these people about Jesus? And that's been kind of starting the conversation with me and my friends of whether or not, should we be more, where are we putting our energy? And I think that in the church, a lot of people, they put so much energy into the political sphere and the, the natural, which I think is important, but... Yeah, At the same time, they're not putting energy, any energy into evangelizing. They're telling other people about Jesus. And so I, I wonder if this is just such a great time. Like, things are just going to get worse. So I don't know. I've just been thinking and challenging, asking people, like, what should we be doing? Where, where should our focus be as believers, you know? Josiah, I think that is a great point with a whole lot of this. I think you know, it's natural, I think, for right now. I'm assuming that these Russian people are, are coming into the country because they have uh, some kind of diplomatic— Asylum pending. That must be why they're coming here, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah, yeah they're, they're all seeking asylum. Yeah. There was a line of 10 miles of people getting out of Russia whenever Putin started uh, uh, forcing all these guys to join. I don't know if you've seen the pictures, but there's old guys holding old guns that have been conscripted in. And earlier this week, Putin said that he is going to bring into his military even foreigners who happen to be in Russia, which I thought would be an ironic thing for Edward Snowden in that crowd. <laughs> You know what I mean? Correct. Correct. Everybody but, who ran there. To, to, <laughs> you know, yeah. Edward Snowden was the guy who stole a bunch of America's secrets and put them on the Internet. And now he's being uh, housed in Russia. And uh, he might end up uh, in that war. That would be crazy. But, but you're talking about these guys coming in. And I think that there is a fear, right? There's a fear that is an, a normal or a typical, I should say, human response uh, foreigners, especially in a time of war, right? It it led to um, the internment camps of the Japanese in World War II. And it leads us to, you know, have a lot of fears about what's going on at the border. Um, and some of those fears are legitimate, some are not. But our our goal, you're right, Josiah, our goal, and I want to encourage you with this thought, is to share Jesus. That whatever we think about these things is sort of out of our control. And whatever might be right or wrong as far as, you know, politics goes, whatever the case is, whatever is ultimately decided, our job is the church and our greatest weapon is sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
yeah uh, that's a good thing yeah hey josiah thank you for calling go ahead absolutely thank you so much for your input i'm sorry i got um no i just got asked to move i was parked somewhere but hey appreciate it yeah don't 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 get a ticket on our behalf okay just uh uh keep moving see that josiah is right on we have to be thinking along those lines even in the course of our our conversation and I think that part of what the devil does, and it's a, it's a point that I'm making here overall, I think part of what the devil does is we get so caught up into, is this the right thing or the wrong thing, that we forget that a lot of it's out of our control anyway. And the amazing thing is, is the world changes when people hear about Christ, when we can really do that. 888-528-2557. Bob in Garden Grove, welcome to Southern California Live. Yes, Scott. Yeah, thank you for letting me uh, have a uh the radio. I uh, just uh, want to say, when you say what about the devil, I think the first war started in the heaven when the devil want to put his seat over the father's seat, you know, and then father has to let him go, you know, so we cannot sit together, you know, stealing up the whole thing and making a mess. So I think the war over territory, it's never going to end. Christ right, there's always so, going to be war, that's for sure. Jesus always, even told us that. Yeah, but I want to say something about the NATO. I don't think we support NATO. I'm, I'm totally with you and what Trump says, that we should not support NATO because they're going to suck us in in, the, in a war. Well, and I think what Trump gonna, is saying is that they need to pay their fair share, and so was Obama and Bush and other presidents. Yes, but, but we need to be careful, too, because we don't know who is fighting what. In a war, it's a dirty war, and innocent people are paying the price. And uh, it can be fired from uh, Ukraine, you know, and in Poland, and just to steer up the NATO so they can help them. You know, it's just a dirty war, and uh, like I said, innocent people are paying a heavy price. Yeah, they are. I appreciate your call, Bob. Thanks for listening to Southern California Live. You know, people have a different opinion about you know, the war, and pretty much the decision that's been made by NATO is to play goalie, right? You guys can have your war, we'll give you some weapons and stuff, but uh, don't spill over the border. And that's the issue with what's happening here in Poland. I think that when we, whether we're against these things or for them, we can have those debates. But there is a great challenge, I think, for us with lots of issues, with the issues that are that are domestic, with the border, or with, let's say, uh, issues with the transgender debate or issues with abortion or uh, homelessness, other things that we get very much into the issues and they matter because we want to help people. We want to do the right thing. But at the end of the day, what we are here to do always is make sure that people know about Christ and making the right decisions about policy matters, but not bringing Christ into the picture is a waste of time ultimately, spiritually uh, speaking. i got to take a break, then I'll get back to your calls, and uh, I want to still answer that question. Hey, you know, how do we identify what the evil one is doing, even in the midst of these kinds of uh, tense conversations and tense subjects and different things that occupy our time? 888-528-2557 is the number if you want to join our conversation. 888-528-2557. I'll be back for your calls. I'm Scott Furrow. I'll be back as the Tuesday edition continues of Southern California Live. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. And uh, we have been talking about 
the story in the news today where the Russian missiles landed in Poland and how that's a NATO nation and how that could drag us into war. And we've also been talking about, and this is where I want to bring this conversation here, how sometimes things that are evil are going on in the background and we don't talk about it much or we soften it or we think maybe it's not such a big deal and then suddenly it is a big deal. I don't think we're going to war because these missiles hit over there. But that war coming over the borders in Ukraine is something that is serious, whether it's accidental or on purpose. Um, Things happen. And because of our commitments in NATO, because of history and what happens when you ignore uh, nations that are taking over other nations, um, the wars just get bigger the longer you stay out of it, right? So there'll be a lot of pressure if this continues to uh, expand or if uh, Putin continues to threaten the West or even does something to the West. It could happen very quickly. 888-528-2557. Scott in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, Scott. Scott, nice to be on. Thank you. Yes, yeah, sir. So... I think your point is well taken, and it you know we there is a slippery slope here, and uh, you know I think that as Christians, what we're called upon is to see how we impact this situation. And I was encouraged by Josiah's comments a few minutes ago mm. about the refugees that are here, and you know I think you know one of the things that I as a Christian feel that we should focus on is the the words of the Old Testament prophet Micah, which is to seek justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with our God. Yes. And I think that's a a filter that we have to look at through policy, both on how we treat with people coming into our country and, you know, in facing evil in the world. Yeah, I agree with you on that. And, you know, I think, you know, in the, in kind of the current parlance of the world, the, the word justice gets twisted around and becomes something else. But we shouldn't forget as Christians that actually the mandate from Scripture, both in New Testament and Old Testament, is to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God, or love just, to act justly, and that there is biblical justice. And a big part of that is, is sharing the gospel with whomever. Well, and I would agree that you know there's also those, as you pointed out, that will pervert justice. That's right. Um, and, and our political system has, whatever your view is, there's definitely perversion of justice within our system. And, you know, even within our own country, we have issues with refugees coming to our borders. Uh, And, you know, I I often think to myself the words of our Savior, uh, which was that we're to love our neighbors as ourselves. And uh, again, I, I find the church getting pulled into a lot of political issues rather than living up to the words of the gospel. Do you feel like that you know, the that this is maybe the plan of the evil one to to just get us off course, even if we're talking about you know things that might be good in with respect to policy uh if we're not actually sharing the gospel and making disciples, then we're not really doing anything, are we? No, you're absolutely right, and you know it I, I can never uh, remember who said it if it was Saint Augustine or whomever, but it is you know, to preach the gospel constantly, to use words only as necessary. Yes. And, you know, our acts preach the gospel, and uh, I think we've gotten ourselves pulled much too far into the political rhetoric of the age, rather than living out the words of Christ. Yep, I think that's a thing. All right, Scott, thank you so much for your call and for listening to Southern California Live. You know, 
sometimes when we talk about the evil one, I don't know what you think about when you hear devil. Some of you are like immediately, oh, I don't want to talk about that. It's weird. Or maybe the image in your mind is a little red guy with a pointy tail and a pitchfork. Um, or some is, you know vision of the devil from Renaissance art, which is always a scary-looking guy, right? But the interesting thing about the Bible and what the devil is described as in the Bible is that he's beautiful, that he is an angel of light or masquerading as an angel of light. That's the deceptive part, right? He's attractive. In Second Corinthians, Paul is talking about false teachers, and the false teachers he's talking about are presenting themselves as people who really are sharing the gospel and people who really are, they would be a part of the church or perhaps leading churches or, or groups of people who feel like that uh, they're pointing to Christ. But really what they're doing is they're pointing to themselves. And Paul says, I will, I will keep on doing what I'm doing in order to cut the ground from under those who want an opportunity to be considered equal with us. There are a bunch of guys calling themselves super apostles. Like, I'm more important than Paul or Peter or these guys. And um, there are people like that today who appoint themselves in those roles, incidentally. And uh, he says, for such people are false apostles, deceitful workers masquerading as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. It is not surprising, then, if his servants also masquerade as servants of righteousness. Their end will be what their actions deserve. Paul, writing this, I think it's very powerful because he's talking about how attractive certain things can be because maybe they're good. Maybe the temptation that we often face, and I think this is a place for the church, that I think maybe it could be politics, but it can be also other things. Even it can be teaching on having a good marriage or having a good family or all this stuff. All that's important, and I think it's really good, but it's important for a certain end. It's important because of our our testimony right? Our testimony in our marriage is what matters, what other people see. You know, how do we interact with other people? I was remembering a couple of weeks ago, we had Bob Lapine on the show, and he was talking about how his neighbors had a lot of problems and he could hear them. And then one day, the neighbor had a conversation with Bob, and Bob was, you know, Bob and that person said, I wish we could have a marriage like yours. And Bob said, you know what, we have all of your same problems, and I know what your problems are, because we hear you yelling. <laughs> he says, we have the same problems, but we have a different goal, and the goal is to to love and honor Jesus Christ and then each other. And I thought, you know, the testimony of Bob's marriage is far more powerful to that neighbor than just Bob's words in explaining the gospel. And that's, I think, where Satan gets us, is that we rely so heavily simply on having right doctrine or teaching, which is super important, but in not living it out. I think this is a way that we get deceived. Deception is hard. It's hard to talk about because the nature of being deceived is that you don't know you're deceived. That's why you're deceived. You don't think you're deceived. You think the person telling you you're deceived is deceived because you're deceived. And this is why we need to be in prayer. This is why we need to be in the Word of God. And this is why we need to look at other people, people who maybe we don't trust, or even these issues of the day that we have opinions on that we talk about that matter. You know, we don't want to go to war. We want that war to stop. We don't want innocent people to be killed. We don't want orphans. We don't want all the stuff. But the reason we don't want that is because we want to have the ability to freely share the gospel so that people are saved, so that people go to heaven. And, you know, like somebody once said, another person that we're quoting, who I don't know who said it first, but I like it, He said, um, most people aren't reading their Bible, but they are reading you. And sometimes the only Bible people get is the way you live your life. 
and that matters a lot. 888-528-2557. Time for one or two more. Oscar in San Gabriel, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, Scott. Love your show. Thank you, Oscar. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think that mainly the ones to blame for this is us here. Because we, in the beginning, I mean, we walked straight, we did things right according to the way God wants us to be, and uh, preaching the gospel, having compassion, love, being merciful, and uh, not just that, but doing the right thing, like reading the Bible at uh, at schools and having the commandments from God at, uh, at the schools and uh, being more free to read the Word, right? Recently, we had that case of, uh, I think it was a, a coach that uh, uh, he was uh, praying before uh, the game, and yeah. they, right away throw him out and he fought i think uh, jay saculo fought the case for him and love saculo i mean he's just a defender again. yeah and he won the case uh for this guy and many other cases they have won and uh on god's side but i say i say i'm saying it's mainly us uh you know because see right now we just live in the times in which we call bad good and good bad we're doing this abortion but not just that we have gone even farther more now we just if the kid if the dad or the or mom decide like oh well i wanted to be a girl well let's just make it be a girl and let's just do the uh you know what they're doing right now and uh and more satanic uh liberty to do uh more evil stuff and uh sacrifices and uh it's just yeah. so much bad going on with this Democratic Party. And well, see what happened right now? I mean, Oscar, they're, they're I got to go. I got to be at a, a hard break here. I appreciate your call. You know, I'd say there's wrong in, in uh, a lot of different places, though. And I think we should be careful about just laying it at the feet of one one group of people. I think that Jesus created a lot of controversy, right, because uh, he would point that out. But there is a lot from kind of all sides in the politics that says separates us and it's not pointing to Jesus. And this is what we have to do. In, and your point there, I think, is uh, well taken that we've left this, that our culture as we have left God altogether. I, and I would say both sides of our politics. There are certain people, you know, fighting for religious freedom, which certainly matters. But even that's not the same thing as making disciples. Disciples are being made of Jesus Christ in Iran in Russia, in Afghanistan, you know, true disciples where the freedom of religion doesn't exist, but the power of God is flowing through the believers in his church. We have that same power, the Holy Spirit here. And I think what God does to measure us and where we need to think about is, are we really making disciples? What is, and the problem in our culture, maybe it's because we're not making disciples and we're seeing the results of it. I got to take a break. We'll be back for hour two. You're listening to Southern California Live. Scott Furrow, your host. Be back in just a couple minutes as the Tuesday edition continues.